0: Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. All right, let's get into the word. First John 5 and verse 4. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Notice that whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now, Sunday mornings, we've been talking about faith that overcomes, and I think this will maybe be the fourth message of this series. And I've been excited to preach so far, and this message today, I'm really really excited. So I'm going to need you to help me preach this this morning. I'm going to need your excitement level to come up just a little bit more. I'm going to need the response level to rise up. Now, I'm not saying, don't say amen if I don't say anything good. I'm not saying that. But I am saying, if you believe that the word of God is good, you you should respond to it. You know, Dr. DeFrame would always say, you get more when you respond more, which you do. In church, outside of church, everywhere, if you respond, you get more out of it. You get more out of a relationship. Hello. You get more out of a job. You get more out of life if you respond to it. So, When you respond to the word and you say amen or oh me, whichever, you are responding to the word and saying, God, I want that in my life. So um, I know that preaching is a, is a two-way connection here. It's my side and your side. And I can preach better when you're actually receiving and pulling. And, uh, and I need to be ready, which I already am. So today I want to talk about mountain-moving faith. So let's go to Mark eleven 22. I'm going to start with the verse we ended with last week, which is Mark eleven twenty-two, And we're going to start here. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So we've been talking about faith on Sunday mornings, and especially last week I talked about faith in your words because faith has to be two places. If it's real faith, it has to be in your heart. That means you believe it. And it has to be in your mouth. That's what you say. Real faith has to be in two places, your heart and in your mouth. And so Mark eleven twenty-two through 24 says the God kind of faith is the faith that believes in their heart and speaks out of their mouth. And he gives an example, and he says, and they speak to a mountain. speak to a mountain. Now, what is a mountain? Well, let me read you something real quick. In Jewish imagery, a mountain signifies something that is strong, immovable, difficult, and a problem that stands in your way. So a mountain is something that's strong, immovable, difficult, and a problem that stands in your way. So it could be anything. For everybody in here, it could be different things that are a mountain to you. It could be your health. It could be your mind. It could be a relationship. It could be your job. It could be a debt. It could be all sorts of things in your life. But whatever is a difficulty that's standing in your way, a problem that's in your way, that is strong and seemingly immovable to you, that is a mountain. And God says, through his word, if you got faith, not faith in yourself, not faith in your feelings, not just faith in the church you go to, but if you have faith in God, the God kind of faith, believes in their heart and speaks out of their mouth and is not waiting on God to say something because God said you need to say something. His part of this is giving you his faith. But he says whatever you say, speak to this mountain and it will be removed and cast into the sea. If you believe in your heart, and notice you believe that you receive it, you will have it. Are you with me so far? So, a mountain could be many things for us today. Also, to note this, in ancient times, especially with mountains, mountains were, were uh, superstitious. Uh, there, there was the supernatural. When, when we talked about mountains in ancient times, people were afraid of mountains because that's where they thought the gods lived, up on the mountains. Uh, they, they did sacrifices up on the mountains. That's where the evil was on top of the mountains because they knew that mountains, a lot of people died on mountains because mountains are difficult to climb. Difficult to get around. The, the climate even is dangerous on mountains. How many know people that climb a mountain, it's dangerous? You could fall off the mountain. It's usually really cold on top of the mountain. And so in the ancient times, there's a lot of superstition around mountains being kind of a symbol for evil. So whether it's just a problem or difficulty in the natural or a demonic thing, Jesus said, whatever it is, if you have faith in God, you have the right an authority to speak to that mountain, whether it be natural or supernatural, and tell it to get out of your way, and it will move out of your way. A mountain is something that you can't get through. You know, you see movies, and they, especially movies that they're like exploring the wilderness, and they come up to a place and there's a mountain, and they all go, oh no we're not going to make it. Why? Because mountains are symbols for being something that's immovable. It's dangerous. You can't get over it. You can't get through it. And so you see so many movies, they get to the mountain like, okay, we're going to have to turn back or find a different path because we cannot make it over this mountain. Think about it today. If you chose the hardest thing on the planet to move, mountains would be in the top two thinking of all things we can move. There's a lot of big things on the planet, but mountains would be probably top two. I would say dare, number one. And even in ancient times, it was the same way. And Jesus chose a mountain specifically to say whatever it is in your life that is a problem or difficulty that seems hard, that seems immovable, that seems like you cannot get through it, if you have faith in God. Now, let's read again what he said. Mark 11, 23. Let's pull this up. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Next verse. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them so god's plan is that all believers would have mountain moving faith whatever it is whatever situation it is whatever circumstance it is doesn't matter if it's if you're young or you're old or you're middle aged or wherever you're at in life God's plan and design is that all believers would walk in this mountain-moving faith. And this mountain-moving faith is believing in your heart and confessing or speaking out of your mouth what you believe with your faith. But whatever the mountain is, God believes in you that you can move it by your faith. And your faith is in your heart. And in your mouth. But I want to give you an example. And we're going to talk about this the rest of the day. From the Old Testament. And let me pull up this verse first before we go to the Old Testament. Romans 15 and verse 4. Says such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement. As we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Now there's a reason I'm reading this verse. Because I'm going to give you an Old Testament passage about faith. And mounting moving faith. And it says in Romans, God wrote these stories down in the Old Testament for us to read it now in the New Testament because those stories give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled in our lives. So I know sometimes people don't dive into the Old Testament a lot because it, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. The Old Testament is still given by God for our understanding. And we read the Old Testament and the stories in the Old Testament because God is trying to give us faith through these heroes in the Old Testament. And when we read their story, we can see ourselves in the story and learn from what they went through so we don't have to make the same mistakes they did. And we can have the example of the same faith that got them to the other side of their situation. So the Old Testament is important that we read it too. And I want to give you an example because we're talking about mountain-moving faith this morning of an Old Testament character that I believe embodies mountain-moving faith. He's one of my favorite. So this morning we're going to talk about Caleb from the Old Testament. So... As we get going here, I'm probably going to get a little more excited, so just prepare your eardrums for that. Let me give you the back story of Caleb. You want to hear the, the, the origin story of Caleb? Where did he come from? What happened in his life? How did he become the hero we know today? Okay, this is the origin story of Caleb. So, here's the quick version. Because we're talking about mountain-moving faith today, we're, we're going to talk about Caleb the rest of this time, and how do we have mountain-moving faith? So, in the Old Testament, most of you remember the story, but let me give you the short version. God's people were in Egypt. Egypt was a place of dominance. They 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 were holding them captive. They were the enemy. They were they were holding them back. They were keeping them enslaved, and. God said to Moses, go free my people from Egypt, and so he, he went to Egypt, and, and God's power got shown out, and when God's power got shown out, Pharaoh said, okay, I'll let you guys go, so so they, they left Egypt, and Moses delivered them, and then they went through the Red Sea, and God parted the waters, and when they The Egyptians that were trying to chase them, the waters came in on them, and God's people went across on dry ground. you with me so far? Then they went into the wilderness, but God said, I have prepared a place for you, not the wilderness. And the place for you is called the promised land. And in the promised land, there is abundance. In the promised land, there is healing. In the promised land, there is no lack. In the promised land, you're going to build houses you didn't build. And you're going to live in in places that you didn't design. You're going to drink from from vineyards that you did not not farm. You're going to have an abundance and provision in this place of the promised land. Because I prepared this place for you. And that place was called Canaan. Now to get from the wilderness to Canaan only takes about two weeks. Two weeks. But something happened in the story. Because they got all the way up to Canaan, the promised land. Which was only supposed to take them a two week trip. And when they got there they realized... There's people already living here. In the place that's supposed to belong to me. There's enemies in the promise of God. There's cities. There's giants. So, because of that, we're going to stop here and think about it before we go into the promised land. Now, You're saying, Pastor, now how in the world does that pertain to me today? I'll tell you why. Because the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the New Testament. Everything in the Old is pointing to the New. How does it pertain to you? Because you are God's people. And you were held in Egypt, the enemy. The enemy, the devil, the world, the flesh, had its control over you. And you were a slave to whatever the world, the devil, and the flesh wanted you to do. But because of your Moses, which is Jesus, he came and he got you out of Egypt. And when he got you out of Egypt, he took you through the Red Sea, the blood. And when he took you through the Red Sea, the world, the devil and the flesh, the waters came around it and you don't see your enemies anymore. But you're in the wilderness and God says all the promises of God are yesterday, men and me. So yeah, you're into Christ, but there's still a vast inheritance and many promises that belong to you now that you're in Christ. And actually, it says in 2 Corinthians one twenty, all the promises of God in him, in Jesus, are yes and amen. There's thousands of promises in the Bible. So yeah, you got saved. You ain't in Egypt anymore. You are born again and going to heaven, but God has promises for you. God has a calling for you. God has greatness for you. But to get into the promised land, there is enemies between you and the promise. Because many people say, well, you know, the promised land, they're just talking about heaven there. No, they're not, because there's no enemies in heaven. It's talking about, your time on the earth, because there's enemies here. And there's mountains between you and your promises. And there's giants between you and your promises. And there's people between you and your promises. And there's cities between you and your promises, just like there was for Caleb in all God's people in the Old Testament. So that's why I laugh when people act like, well, the Bible's so outdated, we can't relate to it. Actually, we can perfectly relate to it, because we're in the same exact situation that they're in. So a lot of us are right here where God's people were. They were already saved from Egypt. We've already been saved out of the hand of the enemy. We've been saved from the world. But there's a land full of God's inheritance and promises for us, all the promises of God, Augustine, amen. But there is obstacles in the way. There's difficulties in the way. There's mountains. There's giants. There's people in the way. How do we get into the promises of God? By faith. By faith. The same way Caleb did it is the same way we do it in the spiritual. We receive the promises of God and go into God's promised land spiritually and receive our inheritance and receive the fullness of the promises of God that are yes and amen in him by faith just like Caleb did. By faith. You still with me? So I'm going to read you the first passage we want to read is, Moses got 12 guys. And he said, I'm going to get one from each tribe. And I want you 12 guys to go in and spy on the land. And I want you to tell me how it is. So this is the account of that story. You ready for it? Numbers 13. 17 Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way and into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak or few or many, whether the land we dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there is force there or not, be of good courage. That's faith, and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now, the first time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land. Now, this is the promises of God from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Habath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron. I'm not going to even say all that. The descendants of Anak were there. Now, Hebron was built seven years before zone in Egypt. A lot of Hebrew names. Apologize for that. Then they came to the Valley of Eskel, and they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on poles. We're talking some steroid grapes. (laughs) But these were somehow organic back in the day. I don't know how they were. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Eschol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. Now stay with me here. And they returned from spineth land after 40 days. So these spies were in there for 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and at Kadesh. And they brought back the word to them and to all the congregation showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. That was people that were very tall, very large, Anak. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea, so that means everything's taken. Along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb. we Have got any Caleb's here this morning? Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now remember the series is called Faith That Overcomes? Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. He's a faith man. But notice what happened. Then the other ten said, But the men who had gone up said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And we and all the people whom we saw were men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in there. So, This is what happened. Moses sent out these 12 spies and these 12 spies came back and they brought the report of what happened there. And it says that they they said, yeah, this place does flow with abundance. It flows with milk and honey. That's abundance, especially in that time and day. They brought back, back the grapes and the grapes were huge. This is just the kind of fruit they just have on their trees in the promised land. But then they said, but the problem is everybody there is really strong. Everyone there is really large. There's a lot of cities. They're very fortified. And then notice Caleb said something different. Caleb said, no, we are well able to overcome it. Now how could Caleb have faith when he saw something that looked scary and fearful? Because God said, that's your promised land. And if God said, that's my promised land, I don't care who lives there, they have to go. I don't care what mountain's in the way, it has to go. I don't care what giant's in the land, it has to go. I don't care what cities are there, it has to go. Not because I just want to go there, but God said, that's what belongs to you. That's your promise, that's your inheritance. And God said that to all of his people. There was millions of God's people, and Caleb is the only one who picked this up and said, no, we're well able to do this. But you know, the same is true for us. There's thousands of promises of God in his word for you, and it belongs to you. Don't let any mountain get between you and your promise. Don't let any giant get between you and your promise. Don't let any enemy keep you out of the promises of God because it just looks big, and it looks hard, and it looks tough. But be like Caleb who said, no, we are well able To overcome this. They could have faith. Why? Because God said, it's yours. Faith begins where the will of God is known. They had God's word on it. The first thing I want to share this morning is, if you're going to have mountain-moving faith, it always has a good report. It always has a good report. I want to read you this verse in Hebrews 11, 1 and 2 real quick. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Notice it says that by their faith, all these people in the Bible obtained a good report. Because if we're going to have mountain-moving faith, it always has a good report. No matter what it sees, No matter what it feels, it always has a good report. And notice what it said in the scriptures. Two brought back a good report, faith, and ten brought back a bad report, which was fear. But if we're going to be faith people, we are going to need to have a good report. Let's look back at Numbers 13, verse 30 and 31 again. Still talking about faith always has a good report. Notice, faith says this. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. In verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Can we get verse 32 if you have it? And they gave the children of Israel... A bad report of the land. So, faith always has a good report. Mountain moving faith always has a good report. Now, why did 10 have a bad report and 2 had a good report? Moses said, tell me what it's like. Didn't he? And they told him what it was like. The thing that was different about Caleb and Joshua is Caleb saw it too, and he didn't deny that there was obstacles and challenges there. He just said, but my God's bigger than that. Faith doesn't deny you got problems. Faith doesn't deny you got mountains. Faith does not deny you got issues. Faith just says, that's okay, but my God's bigger than this. And my God's still a healer. And my God's still a provider. And my God's still a deliverer. And my God can still do it because we are well able to overcome this. Faith always has a good report. But notice what they did. The ten that brought back the evil report were walking by sight, not by faith. Caleb saw it too, but he said, that's not what I believe. I see it. But I believe God said that's ours. And if he said it's ours, it's ours. Now, what is a bad report for a believer? When you speak against what God has said about you. You know, when you say, I'm dumb, I'm sick, I'm broke, I'll never get over this. That's a bad report to God. When you speak against what God has promised you, that's a bad report. Now what's a good report? A good report's when you speak your faith and you speak your future and you speak what God has said belongs to you. If we're going to have mountain moving faith from the life of Caleb, we're going to have to have a good report. Faith always has a good report. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, no matter what's going on, why? Because it's based on the promises of God's word. And if God said it, I'm going to speak what he says beyond what I see. Faith always has a good report. Remember that next time you get a bad report. It's easy to say that when everything's right. When you get a bonus, it's easy to say, thank God I'm prosperous. Hallelujah. I'm going to get big this week. It's easy to say, God, I thank you I'm healed when you feel great. But what about when you get a bad report? Mountain moving faith always, I repeat, always has a good report. And notice what's real faith in your heart, it's in your mouth. You're going to talk about it. There's no way you have a good report if you're negative. Complainers don't have a good report. Well, I'm just telling you how it is. No, you're complaining and you don't have a good report. No, faith always has a good report. But notice what happens after these spies brought back this report. And once again, 10 brought back an evil report or bad report and said, We can't do it because they were in fear. And two brought back a good report and said, we can do it, and they were in faith. But notice what happens in Numbers 14, very next chapter in verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said, if we had only died in Egypt... Or if we only would have died in the wilderness. Now I just want to say something before we go to the next point. Notice what happened. Ten people's negativity and fear affected millions of people getting into God's promises. I want to say that for a reason because... Your faith is not just about you. It's, like, oh, it's only pertaining to me. No, it's not. Because if you're fearful, your kids will be fearful. If you're fearful, your wife will be fearful. No, if you're fearful, your church will be fearful. No, if you're f- fearful, everyone that's connected to you will be fearful. Why? Because fear is contagious. You thought COVID-19 was contagious? No, fear is contagious. Ten people brought back an evil report, and two brought back a good report, and the whole congregation, which was millions of people, listened to the ten spies who didn't believe God. And they didn't even see it for themselves, but they bought into the fear, and it kept them out of the promises of God because of what someone else said. Your faith life is not just about you. I'm tired of hearing that from people. It's just about me, my personal relationship with God. No, it's not. Because your fear will affect other people, and your faith will affect other people. It will affect your family, your marriage, your children, your friends, your church, your neighborhood, your job. Everyone you come into contact with, there's no such thing as, it's just me and God. No, it's not. I don't want to be accountable for keeping people out of the promises of God because I don't want to believe God. That's what happened in the story. Ten spies said, we can't do it. I'm scared. And that spirit rubbed off on millions of people. And two said, we can do it and we're in faith. That was the immediate reaction. The very next chapter says... Everyone started crying. And then they started complaining. God, we wish we were back in Egypt. No, you don't. How how quick our memory of what, what the world was like. How quickly our memory forgets on when we were addicted. How quickly our rem- memory of doesn't remember how depressed and suicidal we were before God how quickly our memory forgets where God has brought us from to say I want to go back to Egypt no you don't fear makes you think weird it's not even true you don't want to go back to Egypt you were a slave in Egypt There's another passage in the Old Testament says, we wish we went back to Egypt because we were eating fish and we were having, you know, watermelon there. But it wasn't your watermelon. You were getting handouts from your slave masters. Don't act like you had the best five-star meal. You were treated like nothing for all those years. You're like, oh, I remember they had good fish there. No, you don't. we got to keep moving here because i got a lot to say. But fear makes you think weird and makes you want to retreat and go back to your past. It makes you want to go back to the world, go back to being out of church, going back to your old lifestyle, you're back to your old addictions, back to the way that things used to be. Fear makes you think weird, but fear is contagious. It gets off on other people. In Hebrews 10 it says, that the just shall live by faith, and I will have no pleasure with those who draw back. To look back. We had it better in Egypt. No, you didn't. The devil's stinking lying to you, dude. <laughs> it wasn't none back there. You were getting whipped in Egypt. Oh, we had fish dinners. No, you were getting beat. <laughs> Don't act like there was a, a dock seafood in Egypt. Come on now, somebody. Wasn't that good? Fear is contagious. The next thing I want to say is mountain moving faith will make you different. Numbers fourteen twenty four, still in this same passage. Notice what it says. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit. Come on, come on, I need somebody to help me preach today. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and he has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. Notice it's not just about him. It's about all the people he's going to affect. But I love this. It says Caleb had a different spirit. Mountain-moving faith will make you different. I like to say it this way. If you want a different life, you're going to have to be different. If you want different results than the masses, you're going to have to live different. If you want a different harvest, you're going to have to be different. And it says that Caleb had different results and a different life because he had a different spirit. Now, what was the spirit he had? He had the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We have the spirit of faith. That's the spirit that Caleb had, the spirit of faith. He had a different spirit. Now hear me, church family. You're going to have to be okay with being different than everybody else if you want different results. At almost 34 years old, I just got a few more weeks, I am 100% okay being different. I could care less what anyone thinks about me. I could care less what anyone says about me. I could care less about anything else than doing God's will for my life. I don't care who agrees or doesn't agree. I don't care what somebody puts on Facebook about me. I don't care if other preachers say, well, he's just different. Good. Because faith will make you different. Mountain-moving faith makes you different. Faith people are different. Why? Because they have a different spirit, which is the spirit of faith. As long as you live, the majority will always be negative. The majority will always be fearful. The majority will always be complainers. It's easy to do that. That's why the majority in the world is like that. But if you want a different life, you've got to have a different spirit so you can get different results. And that spirit is the spirit of faith. Notice what happened. The majority said we can't do it, but the minority, two people, said we can do it. And they had a different spirit, the spirit of faith. But notice because they had a different spirit, they got different results. Millions of people, God said, you ain't going in. You're not going to go into the land because you don't believe me. And you're speaking against me. Two people said, we can do it, Joshua and Caleb, and he said, you're going to go in. Because they had a different spirit. Now notice what it says, just a few more verses away, fourteen twenty-six. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with the evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard their complaints, which the children of Israel make against me. Verse 28, listen to this verse. So say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so will I do to you. So, this verse in the New Testament says it like this, you will have whatever you say. It's the same thing in the Old Testament. As you have spoken in my hearing, so I'll do to you. If you want different results, you got to have a different spirit, which is the spirit of faith. So think of this. Two said they could do it, and God said, as I've heard it in my ears, I'm going to do it for you, and you two are going in. Millions of people said, we can't do it, and God said, as I've heard it in my ears, so will I do to you. Because you can have whatever you say. And faith is released in words. Even if it's in the negative sense. So whether you say you can or whether you say you can't, you're right. And God said, as I've heard it in my ears, so will I do to you. I love it how people try to always blame God. God said, you can have what you want. And when you choose something that's negative and judgmental and critical and complain and fearful, and you get the results of that, then people say, well, God, why'd you do that? Maybe because you chose it. Maybe because you said it. Maybe God just said, I'll give you whatever you want. As I've heard in my ears, so will be for you. But churches don't want to talk about that because that means you're all responsible for your life. Right? That's not what we want to talk about on Sunday mornings. Right? We'd rather talk about all roads lead to God and whatever will be, will be. Right? Come on now, somebody. (laughs) If you want mountain-moving faith, you're going to have to have a different spirit. I love that. God said, as you've spoken, I'm going to do it. And two said, God, we believe you. We can do it. And they went in. And the other million said, we can't do it. We're scared. We're fearful. And God said, okay. Do you remember them saying, we wish we died in the wilderness? And then that's what happened to all of them? (laughs) Because they said it. Okay, we got to continue here. You guys still here? Are you still following me? The next thing I want to share is this. Mountain-moving faith makes you the exception. When I was reading this passage, this little word jumped out at me, and then I looked it up, and it's all over. Numbers 14 and 30. Now, right before this, God said, all of the people that don't believe me, they're going to die in the wilderness because they don't believe. And then there's this little verse that says, except for Caleb. Man, if I had an organ player right now. (laughs) I want to say, slap your neighbor and say, except for Caleb. My, my. (laughs) Notice, except for Caleb and Joshua... You shall by no means enter the land which I swore, and I would make dwell it in you. Notice that. Millions of people, he said, you're going to die in the wilderness except for Caleb. But that, that jumped out at me, and I said, is that anywhere else? Numbers twenty six sixty five. For the Lord has said of them, they shall surely die in the wilderness so that there was not left a man of them except Caleb numbers 32:12 except Caleb for they have followed me wholly Deuteronomy 1 35 and 36 surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land which I swore to give to your fathers except Caleb When I read this verse this week, I was back in my office on my Logos Bible software. I about threw my new computer across the room. <laughs> now, we talked about mountain-moving faith always has a good report, right? And mountain-moving faith will always make you different because you've got a different spirit, which is a spirit of faith. But mountain-moving faith will make you the exception. I'm tired of hearing people, come on now somebody, saying I'm just going to be this way because my family's this way. I just got to be this way because my I grew up here. I just got to be this way because I've always lived this way. I just got to be this way because I've always had this only, this type of education. This is just the way my family is. But my Bible says people of faith are the exception. We don't have to be the statistic. We get to be the exception. But how does that happen? By our faith. Not just because you just want to be. By our faith. Caleb was the exception. There was millions of people that it didn't happen for, but there was two guys that it did happen for because of their faith. They were the exception. Well, God doesn't have favorites, but he, but he does respect faith. And he can't move in your life if you have no faith. But faith will make you the exception. I was thinking about that, that quote recently. I've seen it on a lot of things. It says, it ran into my family until it ran into me. That needs to be the attitude you need to have because faith makes you the exception. Don't accept the dysfunction you grew up in. Don't accept the diseases that run in your family. Don't accept the mental issues that run in your friends. Don't accept the places that you grew up in. You can be different and the exception because of your faith. Is anybody getting help in this Methodist church? Now this is your Bible. This is not just preacher talk. This is your Bible. It says, accept Caleb. Accept Caleb. Accept Caleb. Accept Caleb. There's millions of other people that didn't get it, but accept Caleb. Faith helps you receive the promises of God. Faith makes you different. Faith always has a good report, and faith makes you the exception. You need to say this, because people are like, well, you know, dementia And Alzheimer's runs in my family, except me. That's faith. That's not arrogance. That's faith. Well, you know, cancer runs in my family, except me. Arthritis runs in my family, except me. Mental issues are in my family, except me. That's faith. Well, you know, everybody that grew up in my part of town, they've always been poor, except me. People that grew up in my family with one parent, they never got an education, except me. Don't agree with the crowd. Don't agree with the majority. You can be the exception because of faith. Not because you're all that, but because God is all that. And your faith in him can make you the exception. I think I preached myself happy this morning. (laughs) I love this quote by Smith Wigglesworth. He said, God will pass by. Listen to this. God will pass by a million people to get one person who's in faith. That's what he did in the story of Joshua and Caleb. (laughs) He said, anybody got faith? Nope, 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 nope. Millions of people going by. Joshua and Caleb, you two, you're the exception. (laughs) I know some of you have thought that way for a whole lifetime, really. I got to be this way. No, you don't. You got a choice. But my family's this way. Who cares? Except you. (laughs) But my friends are this way. Except you. You can have different results because of your faith. Faith makes you the exception. I hope you keep that in your mind this week when something comes to your mind. You think, except Caleb. (laughs) When you hear people's negativity and fear or even your own family, don't they do that to you sometime? Your family that ain't, ain't like church people. There's like, You know, all of our families like this, and all of us have this disease, and all of us have mental issues, and we're always poor, and we're always... Except me. Y'all can have it, but except me. I love you. You can come with me, but I ain't living in that. I ain't living in the wilderness the rest of my life when the promised land is two weeks away. I didn't even have coffee this morning. I don't know what's gotten into me. Are you guys enjoying this today? I need to close here. (laughs) Two more things. Mountain moving faith has faith friends. (laughs) Did you ever think of this? After Joshua and Caleb came back from that report, God said, that whole generation, you're going to die in the wilderness? And you two are going to go to the promised land. But God didn't kill them. They had to live out their life in the wilderness. So that means those two and millions of people had to live together for 40 years. Knowing that these millions are going to be stuck and these two are going to go in. How I many know there's probably a little jealousy going on in the camp? Probably people were wanting to stone them, beat them up, you know, egg their tent or something. But you know, how did Joshua and Caleb last 40 years in faith in the wilderness with millions of complaining people? They had each other. If you're going to have mountain moving faith, you need some faith friends. You don't need a lot, you just need one. And I know in this church you got more than one. But I'm saying, if you're going to make it through this earth with millions of negative people and pressure from every side, you need some faith friends. Joshua had Caleb and Caleb had Joshua. And I believe for 40 years, those two probably were outside the camp in their own tent. Probably the rest of the group did not want them near them. But you know what? Every night they were probably sitting over the campfire, cooking up some quail and some manna fish. And they were talking about what it was going to be like to be in the promised land. They were going to talk about, hey, you remember those grapes we saw one time? One day, we're going to get to eat those grapes. And remember that milk and honey? Mm, that's going to taste good one day. And, and remember those cities? I'm going to live here. I'm going to live by the sea. And, and Caleb said, well, I'm going to live where the mountains, where the giants were. That's, that's my land, where I'm going. And they talked to each other for 40 years about faith till they reached the promise. You realize they could have given up any of those years. Said, hey, this has been a long time. Let's just go ahead and die with everybody else. But mountain moving faith has faith friends. You need people to be talking faith to you when you're not being a faith person. and vice versa. You need people when you feel defeated and you feel sick and you feel depressed to say, we're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. God's going to get you on the other side of us. Healing belongs to you. Deliverance belongs to you. I'm not going to leave you. We're going to go in together. You need some faith, friends. How did Caleb do it? He had Joshua. (laughs) That's all he had. And Joshua had Caleb, and every night at their camp, they talked faith to each other, saying, hey, you know what? We're going to make it. It's been a long time, but I still remember what it was like over there. If God said it's ours, it's ours, and we're going to get it. But it took them 40 years. The last thing I want to share is, and I know I've been going a long time here. Did you guys get something today? Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Faith perseveres to the end and receives the promises of God. Mountain-moving faith perseveres to the end and receives the promises of God. It took him 40 years. I'm not saying it's going to take you 40 years. But in that situation, it took him 40 years. So let's... See what happens at the end of the story. Joshua 14, verse 6. Has your faith been stirred today? (laughs) So we say faith has a good report. Faith makes you different because you got the spirit of faith. Faith makes you the exception. Faith, not moving faith needs faith friends, but faith perseveres to the end and receives the promise. It says, then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephna, and the Kinshite, said to him. Now this is, this is 40 years later. Notice what he says. You know the word. He, he knew God's will. You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me. Verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your feet has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And I love this. This is Caleb. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Leave that up here. I tell you, every time I was reading this story, every, these words were popping out to me. And I was thinking about this word. The Lord has kept me alive. The, the Lord has kept me alive. And he's going to say later how old he is. But the, the verse that came to me was 1 Peter 1.5. You're kept alive. By the power of God through your faith. Now, we need to talk about this some more. God has keeping power. You know, a lot of you in here had COVID-19 last year. And you know what? You're still here. God has some keeping power. I've seen a lot of you with deadly diseases. You're still here. God has kept you alive. And 1 Peter 1.5 says, We are kept by the power of God through faith. And Caleb said, The Lord has kept me alive, as he said. These 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while in Israel, wandering in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day as the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so I am now for war, both for going out and coming in. Now, therefore, give me this. What? What's he want? Because it's mountain-moving faith. He goes for the mountain. Of which the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard in the day how the Anakim were there. Now, these are the giant people. And the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. I love that. So we see that Caleb persevered and he received the promises of God. Mountain moving faith, even if it takes time, perseveres and receives the promises of God. It says in Hebrews that faith and patience you inherit the promises of God. But notice at 85 years old, Caleb chose the mountain. The mountain's where the giants were. But he chose the mountain. (laughs) He didn't run away from the mountain. He ran to the mountain. Knowing that God was bigger than the giants. God was bigger than the mountain. God was bigger than the obstacles. He had already seen God do so much in his life. And he said, I am well able to do this even at 85 years old. At 85 years old. Listen to this. It says that the person of faith is a person with strength. 45 years after the nation's failure at Kadesh Barnea, Caleb is 85 years old, yet he is ready to claim his inheritance for the glory of God. Listen to this line. It is sad when believers allow old age to make complainers out of them when they ought to be conquerors. Before I read the rest of that, I want to repeat that one more time. It is sad when believers allow old age to make complainers out of them than they ought to be conquerors. I just want to speak out of my heart for a few seconds here, and I want to say this. Now, I love our church, and I love every generation in our church, but I particularly have a heart for the older generation in our church because we wouldn't be here without you. This church has been around for 36 years. There would be no church. There would be no stability. There would be no giving. There would be no prayers that went forth. Some of you were here before I was even born. But I want to say this. I want to encourage you. Just like Caleb. Now, this is a faith church. And I, I know there's some people in our church that are in their 60s and their 70s and their 80s. I don't think we got any 90s yet. We will eventually here. But have the attitude of Caleb at 85. Now, Now, I'm not asking you to go chop down a tree. I'm not asking you older people in here to do CrossFit. But I'm asking you to have the mentality that Caleb had when he was 85. That says there's more that God wants to do in my life even though I'm retired. That God still has more for me at this church. God still has more people for me to minister to. That my, that my best days are not behind me, that they're ahead of me. And that God still wants to do something great in my life. And we need you now more than ever. But like it said in the commentary here, it said when people they get old age, they become complainers instead of conquerors. Caleb was 85 and said, give me this mountain. Because he was a man of faith. So for you who are older in here, specifically, I want to encourage you, there is still more that God wants to do in your life. And we need you, and we need that attitude. I'm not asking you to climb a mountain, but I am asking you to don't turn your faith off. I'm not asking you to chop a tree down, but I'm asking you, don't get out of the ministry of helps because you think you're not needed anymore. I'm asking you to keep the gas pedal of faith Turn down as, as fast and as hard as you can and ride that thing all the way into glory, for goodness sakes. Don't take the gas off. God still has more. And at 85 years old, he was receiving the mountain, but then he was saying, give me some more. At 85 years old. But you know, to be honest in here, there's 35 years old people in here that have let go. There's 25-year-old people. There's 47-year-old people that have already become complainers instead of conquerors. Faith perseveres to the end and receives the promises. Have the attitude of Caleb. He said, no matter how old I am, there's still more for me. There's still a bigger vision in front of me. There's more mountains to take, and I want to take them. I'm not running from it. I'm running to it. He says that Caleb was a man of spiritual vision as well as spiritual vitality. These two qualities gave him spiritual victory. God had promised him the inheritance and Caleb had faith that what God had promised was able to perform. Caleb was able to drive out the inhabitants of his inheritance. The very giants that the ten unbelieving spies had feared. Unbelief looks at the giants, but faith looks at God. Unbelief depends on man's common sense but faith rests in God's word alone. Did you guys get anything today? I think I preached myself happy. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.